Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Spears and Steinberg on iTunes. On iTunes and rate something, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to rate us. You got to rate You got to rate us. You got to rate us. We got to know what, what's, what's going on. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> I'm fucking home. Uh, we've never done a podcast in this kind of in surrounding. We've always been in a hotel room, a hotel lobby, maybe somewhere you know quiet outside. But I'm in my fucking house, so my fucking rules. <laughs> the ex-wife for the second time is gone. No kids. I might, I might, I might really do my shit, man. Uh, I always say, stand up wise, I don't smoke weed on the road because uh, I talk about it so much in my stand up. People give me weed, man. They give me nickel bags, already rolled blunts, joints, and I end up giving it to the staff because I don't want it to go to waste. You know, that's blasphemous to let weed go to waste. But I know I'm not gonna smoke it because I have to be in my surrounding. I, I, I when I smoke weed, I like to be a comfortable. I don't want, I get paranoid. I don't want motherfuckers watching me. Looking like, oh my God, he's a crackhead. That's just how I feel. I like to be in my theater room, on my PlayStation, controlled environment. Um, so I only smoke at home. That's my rule. But now I'm, now I'm here, and I think we're going to do like a two-part of podcast. And I got, I, I'm set up, man. I got my notepad. I got my cigs. I got my drink. I got my, my, my shit. I got my, my, Blunt in the the Mexican salsa bowl that I stole <laughs> from a Mexican restaurant that I ash out in. Uh, so yeah, for this for part two, I might light this motherfucking L and take the like the Matrix, take the blue pill and seize where it takes me. <laughs> well, if uh, you guys didn't know, uh, this is the uh, Spears and Steinberg podcast. And uh, as you heard Aries say, we're probably going to do a two-parter, a to-be-continued, so we can do this one and then one for uh, after Christmas, after uh, the after New Year's. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm 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 a little feisty because I I just drove out from Phoenix to come do this. But you make that trip from Phoenix to L.A. and back like it's nothing. Yeah, but my car has like seven thousand miles on it, and it's only two months old. Mm. <laughs> you ain't gonna make it, Andy. <laughs> fucking doomed uh no this is great uh but it was it was good to come out here it was a good drive and uh and when you know when you're home and you're comfortable uh you do shit that you wouldn't do anywhere else uh for the last two days man uh i've been watching a lot of tv 
and uh, a lot of Pacino movies uh, been on on cable. Fucking uh, two of my favorites, Son of a Woman and Carlito's Way. So I've just been in around the house. And when you live by yourself, you really just, it's almost like you can understand now when you see those movies where dudes are in isolation in prison and they make a rat their best friend or they talk to a fucking bird. <laughs> it's like when you spend enough time alone, you know, you, you, uh, you able to uh, make that shit make sense. So I've just been walking around the house doing Pacino. Uh, Son of a Woman one of my favorite scenes uh, you hold this boy's future in your hands committee it's a good future protect it embrace it one of my favorite lines that ending scene the finale the hoo-ah the famous hoo-ah scene Trent Chris wherever you are fuck you too my favorite line knowing that so poignant is when he goes there is no sight like that of an amputated spirit. There is no prosthetic for that. So I just, I, I don't know, man. I just been in my weird state. <laughs> Walking around the house. You know, you ain't a lawyer no more, Dave. You're a gangster. You can't learn it on the streets. We're even now. So that, there, there's my little contribution to crazy. It's so funny to me because uh, hanging out with you as much as I have this last year um, and getting to know who you are. Like you cherish this. I know you cherish this time to be by yourself and just be I, I able do. to do this to a degree. It's I love it during the day because I, you know, when I'm not working and I'm not doing shit I'm supposed to be doing, I smoke weed and play PlayStation. And when my when my kids was living here, the constant interruptions and like having to raise the motherfuckers got in the way. <laughs> so you know, uh, they was fucking with my game time. <laughs> Uh, so the noise would, would fuck with me. But during the day, it's awesome because it's peace. Yeah. I cherish peace. But at night is, is when you get, when you start putting your pillows between your legs and hugging them like they're a woman. Yeah. And you, and you, and you feel like, God damn, it'd be nice to have some fucking company. Well, you are, uh, you are in your humble abode. And it is, uh, it is without a lady's touch at this moment. Hey. I need some uh, domestication. <laughs> I, I don't. I, you look at my fucking uh, plates. I got paper plates and uh, those gigantic fast food plastic cups. I don't use glasses, man. I I got as many uh, plastic fast food cups as I do actual glasses. That is the life of a single dude. Ladies in Pittsburgh, we will be there on the fourth. Mm-hmm. Improv. It's a rough city, baby. Uh, if you, you just heard Aries, he's he's been by himself for a while. Yeah, but I don't want no Pittsburgh pussy. <laughs> Pittsburgh pussy smells like catches mitts. Not <laughs> 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 uh, trying to shit on Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know. It's, it's a great place to perform sometimes, but Pittsburgh pussy is rough. What, what if it's the the high end? Pittsburgh. <laughs> the high end of Pittsburgh pussy is like finding a $2 bill, you know, or, 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 or a dollar coin. You know, it's, you know, it's rare. This it's is a the, rare finding. This is the challenge, Pittsburgh. Do you have someone that would like to meet Aries that would live up to that standard? That he nah, just, I don't, I'm I'll pass. I don't want no clinic. All right. Uh, All right. You know, as I say in my joke, man, you know, you go to Miami, New York, L.A., you, you you know you have fine bitches come to the show, and a good amount of them will be single. Places like Pittsburgh and certain parts of the country, Cleveland, 
Every fine bitch has been snatched up. <laughs> Only ones walking around loose is walking dead. <laughs> it, it goes before high school. Like in high school, you see something. Yeah, you just you lock take it, it down because your options ain't, ain't that many. Well, and then now in the current climate of our culture, you would have to have someone uh, meet you, mm-hmm. like you. And then you would have to introduce your lawyer to her lawyer. <laughs> Sounds like marriage. It's, uh, there's a commitment now before a commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, in the, the situation today... You can't get pussy without permission slips. Uh, I told, Like we've been saying on this podcast... What old, a segue. The only, the only consensual sex is going to be uh, hookers. That's it. That's it. And now you might even have to start watching them. Because yeah. where, where there's a payout, uh, there's an opportunity. Yeah, I don't even think you're going to be able to pay them in cash. You get them one Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> swipe. Yep. Uh, because uh, you're going to need some record that uh, it was consensual. TJ Miller. And another one bites the dust. Uh, Put a oh. boom, boom, boom. And another one bites. And another. TJ Miller. Sexual assault allegations. Already been fired. Comedy Central pulled the show. This is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. And let's just, again, preface it by saying this is the disclaimer. Uh, it, we all know it's wrong. It's horrific. It, you, you, you're the scum of the scum. If you violate a person's personal space or body in any way, you know, no sexual misconduct ever should be taking place against women. Ever. But... T.J. Miller fired from his show without due process. And that is the dangerous, slippery slope that I have a problem with. You know, T.J. Miller is a successful comedian. He had an HBO special recently. You've seen him in the Transformers movies. Deadpool. Funny dude. Office Party. He was hilarious as the fucked up Santa in Office Party. My favorite scene is when he takes that sled down the steps and he thinks by... Yanking the rope left to right, the sled is supposed to turn direction. And the way he violently he shoots through the steps is hilarious. So he'll probably, I mean, in, in all likelihood, he can still be a stand-up and go make money. As to how long before he can do another movie or another project, it's not stage work. Only time will tell. But again, this man feeds his family. He's got a family to feed. Well, he also, he, she said that it wasn't just sexual assault. He also punched her. In the face. Oh, it's really serious. Well, they were both students at George Washington University. Students. So it, we, and again, not to say that no matter how old it is, you shouldn't be held accountable. But students, students. in his teen years, uh, George Washington. So he might have been in his early twenties. Okay. My, again, my problem is without due process. It, it, we we're now we are now at that stage where you are guilty until proven innocent. When I thought it was innocent until proven guilty. And now his show's been taken from him. And I don't know if he has kids, but whether he has kids or not, this is his livelihood. So you're snatching a man's livelihood without due process. Is that where we're at? Well, because what if it wasn't T.J. Miller? What if it was a guy who was less successful, but Comedy Central looked at and went, oh, my God, we like this guy. Let's snatch this unknown comic to be up and give him an opportunity. And this guy has kids and this is his shot. And now his shot is gone because of an accusation, not because due process did its thing. And he was convicted 
through proof, actual proof. Well, that's not something's wrong here, ladies and gentlemen. It's not necessary because, according to the we, way we're structured, the way this is structured is that no woman would ever make a false accusation. We need Denzel's character from Ezekiel, Israeli, seven point seven, page eighteen, paragraph ninety eight. Quote 54-7. All right, we're talking about justice. All right, we're talking about the law. Huh? All right, everybody deserves a fair shake. Everybody deserves a fair trial. We need help. Well, It's getting serious. The, the, the old standard was that it's 2 to 7% of uh, these claims may be outrageous. They're not actual claims. They're, 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 they're false claims. But that 2 to 7% was before this... Uh, new tide of allegations have started rolling forward. And again, I'm going to say it. You've already said it. I am in no way justifying any man abusing a woman in any way whatsoever. Here, here. Unless she asks, unless she purposely wants some abuse, which unless she's looking for ligature marks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, somebody might want to be tied up a little bit. Right. Okay. So besides that, besides on her own accord, no woman should ever be, Right. Treat it this way. But I don't even think men should have sex with women without lawyers in the room. I think it's going to be necessary. Maybe a scribe. You know, like when you go to the doctor's office now, they have these right. people to type everything out. I think maybe we're going to have to right. have that in a room where someone just types everything that happened. And again, let's, let us say, uh, if you are a dude that is committing such a heinous, foul act, you should be buried under the prison. But due process is important, especially when people's lives, livelihoods are at stake. And this is how people feed their families, man. This is how people put food in their kids' mouths and clothes on their back and pay for their education. Well, T.J. Miller and his wife have come out and categorically, categorically, am I saying it right? I think so, categorically. Denied all these claims and uh, gave their version of the story. And that had this, uh, this woman has tried to uh, break them up. For over a year. Uh, well, let's see. Now, there's something interesting in there. Yeah. She has an agenda. Yeah. Well, and so T.J. Miller feels like he can uh, prove this, and he should be able to show for, show this, and he wants due process. Well, then he should still be able to have his show no, while it, this takes place. Not in this atmosphere. No, I'm, I agree with you. He should be able to you to have it, but not in this atmosphere. You know, I, again, and, and, you know, I hate the fucking fact that it's got to be a man versus woman thing when it's more of a right versus wrong but at some point you know people will only get away with what you allow them to get away with and my question becomes if if there are dudes out there that clearly know something's wrong here at what point because i again i love it when women come forward and admit something is funky Um, But for every one woman that does that, it feels like there's a gazillion that don't. So it's important to have women come forward and go, wait a minute. But at what point do guys go, you know what? Enough's enough. It's time to form like Voltron and and, and go, something's got to change. Something's got to be done because while we acknowledge that this is an ongoing problem, and that women often get the short end of the stick through the justice system. 
uh, it still has to be right while we're trying to get it right. So I just think at some point, when do guys stand up and go, look, we support women's right to say no. We support uh, a woman, you know, having to, you know, make sure that a guy respects her body and her space. We get all that. But there's another side to this. There's a flip side. Al Pacino. There's a flip side to this coin. There's a flip side to this coin. Um, where dudes gotta be like, yo, some motherfuckers are being taken advantage of. Some of us are the victims. Let's, it's muddy waters, but we gotta go through this till we figure out how to make this right on both sides. Cause, 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 you know, dudes, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, dudes are gonna be fucked over this too. Even the ones, the ones who are wrongly accused. I mean, you know, um, Again, we, we, I think we talked about this before, but you hear about it all the time where guys get released after serving a 25, 30, 40 year prison sentence for being falsely accused of rape. I, I never hear the stories about what happens to the false accusers. Uh, I don't, I, you know, you're never going to hear. Do, does, do they just go unpunished? Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the gentleman that you're speaking about, we talked a little bit about it on an earlier podcast. Um, they were looking to visit charges against her, but I don't know that any charges were ever filed against her. And listen, uh, but we know the value in looking for the real killers. Right. OJ's still looking for them. Yeah, but he, he, the problem OJ has is that he only likes to really search uh, golf courses. So <laughs> if they stay out the killer, the real killers stay off the golf course. He's probably not going to find them. Um, the, I, the women would say in this, the women would say, and I'm taking the woman's side here. Uh, the woman's side would be that, uh, um, as far as getting it right, it's been wrong so long and women haven't felt the, the, uh, safe to speak and that they're coming forward. And these things, all these allegations need to be taken seriously. And, uh, we can't dismiss any of them because women have not been heard. Since basically the dawn of time. If you look at The Last Supper, the painting of The Last Supper, it's all dudes. Mary Magdalene might be outside the window in some of the paintings. She mm. might not. Everybody said she was a whore. I mean, I'm just saying maybe it's time to take Jesus off the cross. Maybe he has to step down. Mm. <laughs> well, if he can turn water into wine, he can turn bread into pussy. Use your powers. Do something. <laughs> I, I, Figure this out. I, 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 it's just that it, it, it's a little crazy. Uh, Matt Damon was uh, was interviewed, and he uh, he sounded. This is the okay. I'm going to say this. Um, Matt Damon came out. He sounded like to me. He sounded like what he was trying to say that he supports women, but there is a there's a a, a spectrum is what he used, and uh, women came out against him. Uh, Namely, uh, Alyssa Milano and uh, and Mimi Driver, and they they spoke that you know about the way he said it. And I, I'm just going to remind uh, women of this. Um, and I'm not justifying anything. I, and I hope people understand this. I'm not justifying anything. I'm looking for clarification. Uh, there was a book called uh, "Men Are From Women Are From Venus, Men Are From, from Mars," Mars yeah. because we see things completely different. And uh, so, uh, and I, I don't know Matt Damon from anybody. So, I don't, have you ever met Matt Damon? No. Okay. So, uh, I take that back. Once, uh, 
back when I was trying to get in shape a gazillion million times ago, uh, I used to work out at this gym called Core. And my female trainer was his female trainer and was his trainer. And she was training him for the Bourne movies. So I met him briefly. Nice guy. Nice guy. Okay. So we, we know he's a nice guy. That's all we have to say. Everybody's a nice guy when you don't know them. So um, anyway, he spoke, and he spoke that, you know, that no woman should ever have to go through uh, the situation, but that, that there's different uh, – there's the spectrum of, of, uh, of rape mm-hmm. uh, and of abuse and uh, of, of everything that a woman feels uh, that men can make them feel uncomfortable at and physically violated, from uncomfortable to physically violated. And uh, – Everybody really attacked him. And here's my question. If we are so different and we don't understand and we're trying to understand, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be advantageous for us to have a conversation and just say we are mansplaining? How about how about have some women's planning? How about explain it to us? Because I don't know, because women always assume you're already supposed to know. But we're just just like we're supposed to be in a relationship. Hey, babe, you all right? Mm hmm. When clearly mm-hmm means no. You want to talk about it? Nope. Okay, well, then I guess we're good then. You would. Like, we start playing these bullshit games where it's like, um, you know, um, if you want us to know, you got to speak up. Like, it, listen, I don't know how many demographically, how many women listen to this podcast. And I know, through, again, being a fan of Bill Burr, he would often say, ladies, respond. I'd love to read a chick's perspective. And every now and he goes, he would, he would read the emails and go, oh, he would be surprised. A woman. We, we got a woman's insight. So, you know, it's, it's weird to me how women pick and choose or I'd at least like to know what's important to them in terms of when do you want to get involved versus when you don't? Because, again, I, I remember Patrice was saying in his, in his joke uh, that he did on Def Jam talking about how, how men have more fun in women because we can play hypothetical games and silly bullshit immature games that women can't play. So, like, when Patrice did his joke on Def Jam, he goes, hey, dude, would you fuck a woman if she didn't have a nose? And here's what he'll do. Um, Where if you did that with a woman, that's stupid. You can't fuck somebody who don't have a nose. I'll take it to the hospital. Transformers, that's dumb. Cars turn into robots. So I'm saying all that to say, there are times when I will jokingly on Twitter go, hey, ladies, what would you do if this happened? Hypothetical scenario. And I probably will get maybe one or two responses. I do a game like that with dudes. Fellas, what would you blah, blah? And I mean, it, it's... A fucking scroll of responses. So it's weird because you again you if you want to go, ladies, we want to show you we give a shit, but in order for us to move forward, we need to communicate. So we need you to respond. We need you to let us know. And then when you try to get them to let you know, they don't do anything. But when you don't give a fuck, then they accuse you for not giving a fuck. Or for giving a fuck the wrong way. Right. It's a minefield. Like, what the fuck? Because Alyssa Milano said, uh, she went after him. She went after him pretty hard. And she said something to the effect of, uh, we are outraged because uh, we uh, were uh, silenced for for, for so long. And I understand that the women were silenced. They weren't silenced. 
They just weren't getting the result that they want. Now they have the opportunity to get the result that they want. I would like to remind people, and I'm not putting blame on anyone who's been uh, violated in any way, but it was a 22-year-old actress from Italy that blew the lid off the Harvey Weinstein thing that exploded this whole thing. And when Rose McGowan was saying that she was raped by uh, Harvey Weinstein, where was Me Too for her? So Mm -hmm. they weren't just silenced, maybe... I mean, obviously, men want to be in, want to take part in in in, in correcting the way uh, society has worked, but we had to hear about it. And if this is the culture that we have developed, we need to be communicated to because when you live in something, we don't always see it. So we need it to be explained to us in in a way that we want to we would we would like to respond, not in a way where we feel like we are the aggressor, if we haven't even done anything. Right. So, I, I mean, I would look to, I would love to form an, an ally with uh, a partnership with women instead of feeling like I'm always accused just because I'm here and I have a dick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to do about my dick. It came with it. It was a package deal. And uh, I knew what to do with mine. Immediately, <laughs> I felt sensation. And I've been doing it ever since. But we, we, we need to have a conversation. We need, the conversation needs to be less uh, anim. And, and I get it. I'm not the one who's been violated. So when I say less animosity, uh, I understand if you've been violated, it's going to be harder to come at me with less animosity. But I wasn't the one that violated you. So, uh, but I would like to be the one that helped strain the situation that we have out and I, make I it a better presence. We have to get past feeling uncomfortable. And sometimes there are things that women, I think, say and do, which become a deterrent for men. Like, have you ever noticed, no matter what kind of shitty day somebody is having or what they're going through, if, if until you find out specifically what it is that they're going through, you can poke and prod and pry. But when someone says something like, oh, so-and-so in my life died, that is an instant deterrent. No one trespasses a death. The minute someone tells you someone close to them died, all bets are off. You go, oh, okay. Uh, Well, uh, sorry. And uh, if you need me, I'm here. That's the end of it. Whether there's any validity to it, you don't even want you. That is a hands off moment. Death is a hands-off moment. Someone tells you someone in their life died. Why well, want you to come into work today? You can come up with a million excuses, and the boss might still fuck with you. You were sick last week. What you mean about this excuse, that excuse? Arr! Oh, so-and-so died. Oh. All right, uh, take all the time you need. See you next week. It's like sometimes with women, the minute you start to get into an explanation, all I got to do is cry. Once you see the tears, once the emotion comes, all of a sudden, whatever argument you are going to make, null and void. A woman's tears is every man's kryptonite. We can't go past that. And I'm just simply saying, sometimes I think you need to go, okay, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you done crying? Now let's have this conversation. You, you, you got to push the issue. But I think sometimes women have this advantage where once they get emotional and start crying, if you push past that, you're a bully. 
Now you're a bully. I, I, I don't know. That's just, I, I want to give women more credit than that, but I don't know. I haven't formed my opinion on this. I, I haven't figured out, because it's not all women that react this way. There's a lot of women who have a different uh, reaction. Maybe they were never, uh, maybe they never felt uh, the aggression of a male in a way that they were felt uncomfortable with or that they weren't in control of. But see, this is all assumption. We don't know. No, we don't. That's why it's important that we try to do as much research as possible. And, and, and the subject that we need to dissect is the actual female. Well, ladies, lend yourself for dissection. Let us dissect you so you can tell us what's right and what's wrong. Well, and it, I would assume that because of every, each and every woman's experience, their uh, level of what they've considered to be uh, on the spectrum, I guess is the only way that I can say this. Um, and when I say on the spectrum, I mean the low end of the spectrum is to determine whether they feel that is uh, crossing a line or not. I don't know. I think every line, I, that would be a better way for me. Every line is different for, uh, for Absolutely women. Absolutely it is. But someone said, I, someone wrote this, a woman wrote this, I, and it was an article that I read, and I wish I could tell you who it was, and, and I apologize that I can't. But she said, if you're with a man and you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it to a man, then you shouldn't do it to us. Well, there's two problems with that. One, if you're straight, there's a lot of things we're not going to do to a man. But the other thing is, when we're together, we do outrageous shit to each other just to fuck with each other. Right. You talking about physically? Yeah, physically, like, we say dirty things to each other. We say foul things oh, to each dude, other. Oh, let me, dude, let me, let me tell you something, man. And I'm, 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 because of the climate of what we're dealing with, as much as I'd like to be honest and specific. We can't. I, I'm not. But so I won't be specific in what I'm about to say, but I'll say this with some of the women I have been with where we have been together for a long time. And we there's a trust and there's a there's a fucking relationship here. You know, you won't be around a bitch on the first couple times. You you, you know, you're trying to quarter. You know, what I mean, you ain't going to do what you're going to do when you're established. You ain't farting in front of a. You ain't, you know, you ain't wearing your, your dirty drawers. You, 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 you're putting on a front. Once you get comfortable with a bitch, you know, you lay in bed with your girl. You rip one, and it's the wet one. So there might even be some shit in your drawers. And you know that bitch is going to go, Ew, but she's going to wash your drawers. Shit and all, she's going to still love you. There are things that I, have, that I will say and that I have said that if people could read some of my text messages... You would go, nigga. You need you. Need, somebody need to talk to you. You shouldn't bring up text messages because those are written down. You better get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you delete them, there's always a way so to find, find something. But but to your point, yeah, it just it's it's there's a certain way you behave with somebody once you're established. And the scary part about that is, at any point, I guess that can be flipped on you, and be used against you, if you're not what you know. If that person decides to not just to turn into somebody else. Yeah. Well, this whole, the whole, see, if we start talking about how we feel about it, though, we're wrong. So it's like this line that you can't, that we can't even cross to have the discussion. Because if I tell you how I feel, if I tell you things that I know have been done to me from women, 
like like wild shit? No, just things that I know were inappropriate towards me or women used me in a different way. Not sexually, but used me in a different way. In a, a good way, bad way? Bad way. And emotionally, it's, it's fucked up. Give me up. one example. Give me one. Uh... I felt like I was in a relationship with someone who was just wanted to get out of another relationship. and she, Like you was a rebound? Yeah, I was a rebound, but she used me to move in with me, to be able to stay with me. Right. Uh, to uh, uh, make her transition easy because she couldn't do it without me. She eventually left you? Yeah. Did you fuck? Yeah. You won? Yeah. You won? Yeah, because I guess... Did you, did you see yourself being with her long term? I mean, I guess, yeah, or I guess... Did you really saw yourself go... This is Mrs. Steinberg. No. No. But you fucked. Yeah. So you knew at some point she had an expiration date. Most probably, yeah. And you fucked. And now she's but, going. But, but, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I'm, I'm putting on my Dr. Phil shit. Okay. So you, you, A, you didn't see yourself being with her long term, right? Could have, maybe. The fuck? Maybe. You know, nigga. Okay. You know. Listen, every girl I've been with, and I don't want to sound crass or like a dog, but this is how men we, truth. Every girl I've ever been with, with the exception of my two baby mamas, the one I've been with for almost 20 years and the one for 10, every girl I've ever been with where I cheated on them, I knew she got an expiration date. I'm going to have my fun. I'm going to do what I do. But I knew, like how they say, women know in, in the first five minutes when they meet a dude if he's sleep with worthy. Men know even quicker than that. We we know immediately, yo. Immediately. Yo, are you Miss Forever or you got an expiration date? Now, again, as crass as that sounds, it's like when Billy Crystal said in one of my favorite movies when Harry met Sally. Movie's fucking genius. Uh, but he goes, every dude after we have sex with you is going, how long do I have to lie there and hold it before I can get up and leave? Sounds crass, but that's real shit. Every girl I've ever been with, I went, I like her. She's cool. We have fun. She make me laugh. But nah, she ain't the one. So back to my question. You knew she wasn't it, right? Yeah. But you fucked. Yeah. And now she's gone. Yeah. You won. I'm not saying I didn't win. I'm just saying so, I, what, what, I was still used that way. You bitch. <laughs> I'm still used. What man says he's used? I don't know, man. I was just trying to make a point, but it's not a good one. No, it's not. You got you. You talking to me right now? Wearing pajamas with your feet in them. Stop. Stop. You won. So, so you. She didn't use you. She she allowed you. Matter of fact, you used her. So, but you you think if a if a if a young girl sees a really old rich dude, and she tags onto that, to just get, for the money, just for the money. He's gonna die and he, soon, and he's fu- and he's fucking her. You think he gives a fuck? About no, he doesn't her? give a fuck. But is he still being used? Uh, is she getting what is she using? You, it's glass half full, half empty. So we can never use that. The, as bitch, our the bitch that was with the old Anna Nicole Smith, right? What that old motherfucker? Right. You think he gave a fuck about whether or not no. she was with him for the right reasons? This nigga's dick looks like a a, a dying grape. It, he won. So, he got a bad white bitch with big titties. Okay, he won. So then men can never use this argument. Just yes or no. We can't use this argument. If you are really looking for love as a 90-year-old dude with a 20, 30-year-old woman, 
then you're, 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 you are as dumb as you are old. Okay, but so then we can't use this argument. That's all I'm saying. Yes, we can't use it. No, we can't use this argument. Some will. But I like it. Some will. But I like you it. just tried to. I'm, I used it to establish something here. We can't use this argument. As men, we can't use this argument. That's, that's fair. I'll, I'll take that. This is a part of us understanding women and what women do and what, how our reaction right. should be. So we can't use this argument. But women, I would like every woman to know that if we hang out with you, even as friends, we want to fuck you. You, you, do you, you, do, you do female friends? I'm not saying I do female friends. I'm saying women who have male friends right. and they say, oh, they're just my friend. Right. They want to fuck you because we have guy friends that we would much rather hang out with than you. We're hanging out with you right. for that slim opportunity that right. could come up because we know we're not going to get to fuck you because you're our friend, we were, whatever. But if it happened, if it came up, if the possibility was right. there, we're going to fuck you. And that's why we're still hanging out with you. Mm. I, you know, that's a white dude thing. I, and I think I said that before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and listen, I've had black dudes who have told me on Twitter during this argument that they have black, I mean, they have female friends uh, and they're, you know, their wives are cool with it and they say shit like, dude, you know, that's got something to do with you, your insecurity as a man. And yeah. listen, I, I, if, if you are bad, like Chris Rock said, if you're a bad female and you're friends with a dude, you're just a woman he hasn't fucked yet. Yet. Um, but I'll, I'll give you this. If, there's a, if you're a man and you have a female friend, you no longer see her as a female if you're hanging out with her that way. She's not a female. She's a, she? a unicorn or whatever it is, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Because if you're still spending time with her, then you see her as a dude. You can't see her as a woman. I don't know that you ever her. see her as a dude. Because when she walks away from you in a sundress... And you see that ass through the Harlem Shake. <laughs> you quickly reminded she is not a dude. I, I would agree with you. But I'm trying to be honest right now and trying to at least understand my perspective so that when I'm having a conversation with a woman, hopefully as we begin to change some things here, that we can have this conversation. Right. But, I, but I still feel this conversation uh, for women in the way that they want things to be changed and the aggravation that they're feeling changed. And I, and, and I went with you again. I'm going to bring up something that we've talked about. On the, we went to that, the National Civil Rights Museum. And I'm looking at black folks that still have things that they need to be changed in this country. And it's taken I don't know how long. And white women who get very excited about this Me Too movement expect this to be changed. And everybody should be put to death to fuck this up. Here's what I'm going to go to. And I'm going to end for me on this note. You know, I respect women who go, yeah, girls, fuck a man. Do it yourself, girl. Don't depend on a man. I'm Shaka Khan. I'm every woman. I'm woman. Hear me roar. I tip my fucking hat to you. You want to be an independent woman? You want to be free of a man on every level? You want to fucking, you are woman, hear you roar. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. I'm with you. I got fucking two daughters. Be that. But I'm a little old school. I come from that thinking of, yes, a woman should try to be as independent as she can be and not have to use a man as a crutch or a need. Because, look, when the, when the rug gets pulled from under you, 
and it can and will unexpectedly, you have to be able to stand on your own. You have to be able to support yourself. Don't ever lean on anybody for help because you never know when the help is going to stop. So for just your own protection, you should be able to go, yeah, I'm woman. Hear me roar. Fuck a man. The idea of it. But I'm old school. I, I believe that a man should take care of his woman. I believe that a man uh, should be the breadwinner. Now, if you both happen to have jobs and both of y'all contribute, beautiful. But with equal contribution comes equal expectation. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be treated equal towards one another. I just think as a dude, as an as a provider, if it's my job, as they say, man needs to bring home the bacon. If it's my job to bring home the bacon, don't expect me to fry it. That's true equality to me. If I'm bringing home the bacon, sweetie, fry it. I shouldn't do both. You know, if 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 I'm making sure as my woman, you need for nothing, you look good from scalp to cuticle. You get your hair done when you need it, your hands and your feet done when you need it. I'm taking care of you physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh and I'm being a man. And and and, and sometimes I think in this whole world of equality we lose a little bit of tradition and maybe this is old thinking maybe this is me being naive maybe I'm even being stupid but I like I find something attractive in being a man being like I yo I did that I pay the bills I make sure my woman is straight because here's the trade-off I want you to be a woman now, again, I can hear all the feminists right now. Fists in the air, pussies clenched. You know, how are you as a man to define a woman? Just going by natural instinct. It ain't guys natural instinct to be soft. Not saying a man can't cry. Not saying a man can't be emotional. Is it, I'm not talking be human. But I think men are men for reasons. You know, there's a reason why we like football. There's a reason why we shit in our drawers. There's a reason why, you know what I mean? We drink beer and we scratch our nuts while we sit and watch TV and smell our fingers. There's a reason why we're Neanderthals and we're while while we're barbaric. We're men. Okay, but what? And, I, and hold up. And I'm not saying. Obviously, we know women go to the bathroom and take a dump. But like Martin Lawrence said, women. When do y'all shit? Have you ever seen your woman shit? Have you ever walked into the bathroom and smelt your woman lay a hydrogen bomb? I haven't. And women calculate that move. I ain't shit until this motherfucker gone. They plan that shit. What I'm saying is dainty. Women dainty, girly, uh, sexy, feminine, caring about shoes and your makeup and your hair and being girly. I think that's a natural instinct for a woman. Just like for a man, it's a natural instinct to want to be macho. And I'm just saying, if we stick to our roles, wow, yeah, you, you want to be independent, you want to work, fine. I wouldn't be one to go, hey, girl, don't you get no fucking job. You stay home and you cook my dinner. Nobody's saying that. 
And now after two marriages, two marriages to the same woman and being with my first baby mother for 20 years and experiencing some of the heartache that I felt, bitch, I'll help you fill out the application. Be independent. But also be a woman. Don't, 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 don't try and be me. Because, and I'm going to tell you something, and then I'll get off this. Uh, and again, walking lightly here. Love to the gay community. Love to the gay community. But when I see these women who are gay, and, and I know there's both sides of the spectrum. There's the women who are gay who are just as girly as the non-gay women. They prefer lesbian, I think. But, okay, lesbian. They, they're lesbians, but they're girly as a motherfucker, but they just, they're lesbians. Then you know, we know, we see lesbians who look like they lift expedition frames. Uh... You know, they got that 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 army haircut. They they look like they belong on a paper towel bag. You know what I mean? I, I, I some of the black women that you know, pants sag, Timberland boots, smoking a black and mild. Yo, shut. You meet them and they handshake stronger than yours. Okay, fine. I'm not knocking that. Be who you are. I'm just saying. I think instinctually, being dainty. And being girly, being a woman, and all that entails, that's a natural thing. Let's, let's, let's embrace that. Let's not frown upon that like, oh, that's a bad thing. You can still be as independent as you want to be. But don't lose the essence of being a woman. Just like as a dude, I can be emotional. I can cry. I have. I could look at another man and recognize he's good looking. Without it being gay. Denzel Washington, Boris Kojo, Will Smith. They was good looking dudes. They got a swagger and a sex appeal. I want no part of the cock. But does that make me any less of a man? That I recognize what's obvious? But at the end of the day, I'm still a man. I still like to, you know, sit in my theater room and play my video games. I still like to surf the internet and Twitter and look at the porn. I still like to see a woman walk in a sundress and bite my finger and go, good God. I'm still a dude. That's all I'm saying, man. Like, like come on, yo. I think that men see themselves as what we do. Like you said, you want to, you're the provider. You want to go out. You want, we still are what we do. Women have always been the nerd. See, I, I don't know what they see themselves as. I think we've always seen them because they can uh, produce another person as right. the nurturer, as the, right. the, the new beginning. And, and they, they, they come compact in that as, as a, they are the creator. And right. so that's already there for them. We are what we do for them. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get our worth. Right. So this is where I think the confusion comes in. But... This doesn't answer our sexual problems. But I, I hope I, 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 I'm being honest. I, I am a little bit of a Neanderthal in my thinking in terms of being somewhat chauvinistic. Um, somewhat. Um, listen, I'm not going to fucking bust my ass to pay the bills and make sure you need for nothing and then come home and do dishes. I'm not going to cook my own meals and and and. and do sir, I'm not doing it. What have you got with someone that made more money than you? Mazel Tov. 
But that because you make more money than me means what? Would you? I'm a sh- compromise who I am. Would you naturally? Would you split doing the dishes once a week? Fuck no. <laughs> you make more money than me as a woman. Hire another woman to do the dishes. <laughs> what if she said okay, but it has to be a dude? I'll roll with that. I'll play Stedman. <laughs> I'd be Stedman. Uh, all right. I, I think we got to We got to This is a discussion. We're not definitely. We're not gonna. Yeah, let's move we're on. Not, we're not to, gonna finish. Here's what I've been wanting to talk about for the last two weeks. Yeah. Um. I told you I saw this this interesting program about when they die too young. Yeah. And they were talking about celebrities uh, who died early in their years. But they did a back-to-back on Chris Farley and Jim Belushi and the eerie similarities between the two. Uh, Being big guys, I think Belushi had more confidence, the way they explained it, and swagger than Farley. Like, he didn't see his weight as something that bothered him. He just happened to like drugs. Um, Whereas Farley had some insecurities because of his weight. But like uh, Belushi, he liked drugs too. Um, he seemingly wanted to follow in Belushi. Yeah, yeah, and I and it just I, I wanted to know what your take on that was in terms of because everybody expects comedians to be like we're always on, but truth is, many comics are dark, have dark lives, dark pasts, and have demons. Uh, so yeah, while we're all smiles on the outside. Some Gotham-like shit going on in the inside. I think the ones that are the smiliest and the the, the peppy ones, the ones that uh, come across as the fun ones, are right. hiding the most. I think, you think so? yeah, I think they're hiding more. I think the ones that you see that are uh, troubled and ha- they're they're letting those demons flow for for mm-hmm. other for others to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that as long as that's under control, I think those are the people that are saving themselves. Mm. I mean, uh, I'm not. I, I, you guys hear me on this podcast. I'm not a bag of fucking fun. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I when I'm not on stage. Yeah. But right. you, 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 you do better with people, I mm. think, than you. You know, it's really weird. I think I, I think I massage situations better than you do. But I think mm-hmm. you're all in all. I think when you were out, you're a nicer, more approachable person than I am. Yes. Uh, but I'll massage a bad situation better than you will. Uh, yes, because my 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 uh, rendition of massage is a uh, a Bruce Lee kick to the sternum. Yeah, you don't fuck around. It's, it's I, that's, and that's only because <clears throat> I've lost patience. Yeah, you know I've been in, again. I've been doing this thirty years, and you can smell it when you go. Oh, here comes the bullshit. So my tolerance for bullshit is low. And that's what I need to get better at. But you are, when we're out, you are the the more approachable, jovial one. You you having a better time than I am? Yeah, because because at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a, it may not seem like it because I wear an ice cube scowl on my face uh, when I'm out. But as long as you're respectful and you get to know me a tad bit, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a sitting on a bar stool next to the. Joe Blow rubbing elbows. Hey man, let, you see that game? Yeah, I'm that dude. Yeah, but you know, like I said, I wear an ice cube scowl on my face because I've had experiences where people, because they think they know me, because they've seen me on YouTube or TV or whatever, just feel like they can come up and say anything to me. Yeah, and it's like, you know, 
you got to respect me first and you got to know me first before you can just say what's on your mind. Yeah, I, I, you, you take a minute, but I, I find you like when we're out and I watch how you interact with people, it's pretty. And, and I say that because it's despite what people who don't know you but have met you have said because they don't know you. Right. And they tried to pull the, uh, the, the Jedi mind trick where like, oh, I'm just going to walk up. I'm going to be the coolest fuck and he's going to think I'm the greatest. Yeah, kid. and sometimes d- them same dudes who come up to me saying some shit in an attempt to be cool. And, you know, some of them I'm sure are assholes with the intent of being, being an, an asshole. asshole. But some of them I think they just don't know no better. And then the same dudes that'll get with a woman and, you know, immediately out the gate say what they think is smooth. And now you got the door shut in your face. <laughs> you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. But, uh, so, but, 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 but I don't want to so, lose yeah, track. So, so going back so to that. Back to Belushi and Farley. Have you ever felt or felt, you know what I mean? Like, you know. You were at a moment where you wanted to or you needed to lean on a device, a drug, or something? Well, you know, for the last, um, I'd say almost two and a half years, I really didn't drink. I didn't drink because I didn't travel, and I was in Phoenix. And um, so I would never drink at a show because I would have to drive, and Phoenix is notorious for DUIs. And yeah. if I got a DUI, I'm done. I can't yeah. do comedy. I, I, I'm out. The, I, I'm broke. Yeah. So I never, I never drank. And then going on the road with you, and we're taking cars and we're going back to, or we're by the hotel. Like, I'll drink. I'll have a couple, I'll have some drinks or I'll get fucked up or I'll just have a drink or something. But uh, recently I've been having a drink before the show. And I like how it makes me feel. But, right. I, uh, and I like going up there with a little less uh, apprehension. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, am I leaning on it right now? I don't know that I'm leaning on it, but I could see how, I, I see how it improves me. On stage, and that's the, that's kind of like that's the first. But step you don't want to fall into that trap. Trap. I don't want to. You don't want to lean into that, thinking, "Oh my God, I, I need I'm Popeye. I need my spinach." Right. Right. Because I don't think it's going to make me better. I think it relaxes me a little bit. And you know what? Well, I don't know. I won't. I don't know if the words are it makes you better, but when you when you put your guard down a little bit, yeah, and you're more free to explore, you might go in certain areas and say certain things that normally you wouldn't have. So if that is making you better, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's it's almost like you don't want to say it makes you better because now it seems like you need it. And you don't need it. That's exactly what we're talking about. Where does does it it change? Where's the tipping point for these guys where all of a sudden, like, I have to do this because this is what what makes me better. And and to be honest, uh, I don't know too many people that go through this show business thing sober because in terms of what it does to you, to your mind, to your spirit. Uh, I think some dudes lean on it because maybe they're not where they want to be and they're going through some sort of a depression. Um, I know for me, there have been times when, yeah, I felt like, damn, fuck, I've had a hell of a week. I need something. Um, But I've also known clearly, I don't want to be that dude. I I don't want to go, holy shit, I need to... And I'm terrified of needles, so I ain't putting no needle in my arm. <laughs> um, but, you know, even, you know, listen, I've thought about things. But, again, cocaine, sniffing cocaine seems painful. I don't know what that that does, having something shoot up your nose. I've had a booger I couldn't reach that put me through hell. So I, I couldn't cocaine. But even, you know, all of that shit, I, I don't ever not want to feel like I'm not in control. You know what I mean? 
I, and so many times when you and I talk, I reference movies and sports, right? Because it seems to fit the the situation. But like in Braveheart, the uh, the scene where he's chained up and he knows he's about to meet his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the girl comes in and tries to tell him, "Hey, drink this, so you won't feel it. So you won't feel any." And he goes, "No, I need my wits about me." And he wouldn't drink it. Yeah. So it's almost like I need to feel on stage like, yo. If something happens, if an audible, I need to call an audible because here comes a blitz, a.k.a. a heckler. I, I got to be sharp. I don't want nothing to fucking throw my two-step off so that I get fucked up. Right. So, I, you know, that's that reason, I, you know. But see, that's, that's where we're at, though. Now, we have an understanding of what we're doing. And I'm not going to say that uh, recreational drugs, which is alcohol, which is weed, which is coke if you do coke, whatever you do, whatever you do. You do it however you do it. But if you can do it and maintain, the thing is, can people maintain? And I, like when you, when you talk about Farley and you talked about uh, Belushi, I don't think Belushi, uh, like I knew, I, obviously he had a problem with drugs, but uh, I don't think that he was partying to uh, make himself better on stage. I think he just enjoyed getting fucked up until, until right. it became an addiction and right. then it became a problem. Right. I think Farley needed it pain he was going through shit yeah yeah and that's that's what they alluded to in the uh in the documentary like he he you know he he kept feeling like hollywood was seeing him as the funny fat guy who falls down where at some point he might have been that but he also wanted to be a respected actor you know they talked about the uh at one point he was up to do the fatty Buckle, oh, uh, uh, Arbuckle, uh, yeah, Fatty Arbuckle, Fatty Arbuckle, to play that in a movie, which could have been his comedy slash dramatic turn. And every comic at some point wants to prove they ain't just jokes. We dramatically can be that too. Uh, Carrie's been, you know, attempting to do it. Sandler did it with that movie. I think it was Spanglish. Uh, he did Spanglish, but it still was comedy. It still had a lot of comedy base. But it was that, yeah, that yeah, drop. Yeah. Eddie Murphy with Dream Girls. You don't want to be pigeonholed, and you want to prove that you can be outside the even, box. Even Bill Murray did. Bill Murray. You know what I mean? So, yeah, because you want to be recognized as not the. You're, you're not just a goof. You're not. Uh, you're not. You're not just a punchline. Well, at the end of the day, it's a good problem to have because he, I, I, I and maybe again, this is my ignorance because. I'm not on that other side. I'm still on the outside looking in. I'm not on that side that's so successful where I can go, also, oh, this is what this is like. I get it now. But I, I, I think based on where I'm at, to be able to go, shit, maybe I'm not getting the dramatic roles that I want, but the roles that I'm forced to play, I'm still getting $10 million a movie for. So... For where I'm standing, what a great problem to have. It would be a great problem, but you, for a lot of comics, especially like a Farley or a lot, a lot of comics in general who became uh, stand-ups, mm -hmm. they do it because they, they didn't have acceptance in the first place. So to do something that you're good at and then not then be put in your goofy role that you're not really accepted, you're accepted as a goof still, would make you want to stretch, would make you want to be uh, accepted for your talent, not just being 
the the fat goofy guy, which right. which they said in that uh, in the documentary, uh, the the thing that really hurt Farley, I think that broke him. Uh, one of the things that broke him uh, was the. Uh, the dance thing that he did with... Uh, Which is comedically one of the most classic moments in SNL history. The, the, so the, funny. the Chippendales bit with Patrick Swayze. But it broke him because he saw himself for what he was and it was the fool. But, he, but he'd always seen himself for what he was. So at what point are you held accountable to go, you know what it is, you got to change. Yeah. Just like, listen, I know what it is about me that needs to change. But going back to... Son of a woman, uh, Pacino, when he goes, I've reached a crossroads in my life. I knew, without question, I knew the right path to take. But I didn't take it because it was too damn hard. Every human being at some point faces the fork in the road. And unless you just that dumb, you know. Yeah. You know with what's right. But the cruel trick about life is it often feels like to get the best of what you want, that path is too fucking hard. So you just settle and you go, you know what? Yeah, I might not be where I want to be. Yeah, my dreams might not come to fruition going this route. Yeah, it might suck. But damn it, it's easier than having to go through that hell of fire. Well, you know what? In your path of life, people don't understand. The path of life is paved with, uh, with necessary mistakes. And everybody wants to go through and do everything right. But to do the things right, you need the mistakes. Listen, man, I know without a shadow of a doubt, clearly working out, exercise, it's great for you. It helps your body. You live a long life. It, it, you feel better after you do it. Every time I've worked out, I go, damn, I'm glad I did this. Damn, I feel better. But the process from getting out of the bed to doing it. <sighs> well, you've heard it. There's, I think I'm going to say it wrong, but it, uh, it's much. E- uh, you have two choices. You can, uh, you can work out to get healthy or it's better to be healthy and work out. Yeah, because it's much easier to work out when you're healthy. Listen, exactly. That's the fucking catch-22. When Bill Burr said, you ever notice how, like, you could put a bag of apples in front of my face and a brown paper bag. I couldn't tell if it's apples. You can't smell that. But you can smell a KFC eight blocks away. My God, is that KFC? And it's like, dude, that's why I hate when people, those workout people go, yeah, working out is fun. No, it's not. I want to punch you in the face with a hot <laughs> iron. No, it's not. Sweating and grunting and trying to catch your breath is only fun when you fucking. That's the only time sweating and grunting is fun. When you fucking. Not lifting weights. Not on the elliptical. The Stairmaster. That shit is not fun. I don't know. You put some headphones on. I don't know. I'm trying. I, I'm really trying. Dude, this is my third week. No meat. I'm trying to get healthy. I'm, try- I'm seriously trying to get healthy. I'm going to put meat back in my diet. I'm not. We gonna- about to smoke this blunt, and you're going to eat a whole ham. No, I, 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 I really have. Uh, I've lost some weight. I feel better. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you know. I don't want to be in that situation. But uh, dude, I, I, I don't know why people. Again, it's all in the wiring, man. These guys are wired weird. Who knows what Farley did? Who knows why Farley took the cho- made the choices that he made? 
Mm. Stay away from drugs, kids. Uh, And on that note, as we get ready to go into 2018, what's your New Year's resolution? Um, Jesus. Well, because I don't know. I I, I, I haven't really put it to that. that. I don't know how to word it. I would like to be headlining some shows. Oh, shit. You just heard what happened. The student wants to beat the master. No. <laughs> yeah. He's just let me know. Motherfucker, I'm tired of opening for you, nigga. That's not what I I'm said. I'm ready to all. take over. That's not what I said at all. I know for a fact I'm going to be doing, uh, what is it? What do they have? The B rooms? And then there's some C rooms. Right. I'm looking at E rooms. Like yeah. E, I'm looking at whatever, whatever those kind Dude, of. Dude, have you seen the preview for Dave Chappelle's new special? No, I haven't seen it. I think it's called, I want to say, Anonymity. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he did a take on Stranger Things where they show the clip where this kid is being drugged through this dark, what looks like a dark, scary hallway and put in this dungeon. And the guard, once he gets him in the room, the kid does his X-Man shit and makes the guard fly into the wall and so hard that the wall crumbles and breaks and the guard is laying on the ground unconscious and the kid is bleeding through his nose. And as the moment swells, Dave walks in the frame and goes, hey, nigga, now do me. <laughs> and he positions himself so the kid can do it to him. But it comes out December 31st on Netflix. This motherfucker, Chappelle. And this can bleed into our next podcast as you gave me the Richard Pryor uh, DVD collection set. But I can't wait to see that. I think this might be his funniest one. Dude, uh, I, you know, we were at the store when they were setting up yeah. to, uh, to film this. And I was there that, the night that they were, one of the nights that they were doing it. And, uh, dude, the energy is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking rock star, man. Dude, he walked by me. And I, I think, I, I don't know, I don't think I said this on the podcast, right. but I told you. He walked by me. And, and I have met him once before. For, right. And I wanted to say... I was I was in the kitchen at the, yeah. at the store, so I was set up like it wasn't yeah. like I was just like some random running up to him. And I was, I wanted to go, you know, but it, the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. I just couldn't. Right. It was Dave. It was Dave. Like there was the like you could almost hear like the oh, you know, as he walked by. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna check that out, man. Uh, my New Year's resolution uh, is I just want to get these white folks to like me. You know, I want, I want I want these white folks in Hollywood to go. He ain't so bad, dude. I I I had an epiphany about you because yes. I was watching some of your interviews, and and I figured out what the the white folk fear is that you have. What is it? Um, you do the joke about uh, how articulate you are, and you do the the King's English. White folks don't like niggas that read. No, <laughs> almost, almost, almost. Almost. You you're, arti- you're, so you're, articulate. you're so articulate. Nigga, you're a threat. Uh, you can't be that. This is, and, I, and, and I'm starting. I don't want to say the word because when I say, when I, it sounds stupid to me to even say this. Uh, I'm starting to see it in other people. Right. And uh, other black guys, other you know, black, uh, well-spoken people. Uh-huh. That if you speak articulately. Mm-hmm. If you if you you and you speak in a way that uh, could be on television, right? You have to agree with white folks. And I speak honestly, intelligently, but I disagree with white, white folks. folks. And honestly, that's what it is. I watched it, and I look at all the people that have issues. I show enough bees 
done with this here podcast. So from this here moments forwards. If you talk like that, they're going to love you forever. Oh, you can, no, you can no. disagree with white folks that whole th- the whole time. Osby's better next year. <laughs> As promises. It's I watched your I watched one of your interviews. Please sign my freedom papers. That's what it is. You could be black in this country, but if you're articulate, you better agree with the white side of the way things run. From now on, I agrees with the mayonnaise. <laughs> Yo, I'm out, man. We out. Uh, always, uh, oh shit. Okay. And I'm going to save this for the next podcast too. Trevor emailed me. He's got questions. Oh, okay. so maybe we can open up with addressing Trevor's questions. Email me at Aerie Spears 45. If you got questions, shit you want to talk about. We're, we're a bit, we're, we're a, a business that's trying to turn into a successful franchise. We need y'all support. Of course, you follow me on Twitter at Aerie Spears, Instagram, Aerie Spears official. I'm finally back on Instagram, and of course, I read a couple of comments, uh, which about the 5150 show. Niggas, about time you came back after your knockout. Come on, man. Let's leave that shit in 2017. Talk about something else, nigga. Say something else interesting about me that you don't like. Uh, what else? Uh, Pandora, Aerie Spears, YouTube, Aerie Spears, hit subscribe. Atlanta, December 31st, Center Stage Theater for New Year's Eve. I'm done. That's it? That's it. Okay, I'm at funnyhappens at gmail.com. You can go to my website, andycomedy.com. You can get all my information. You can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, all you just—all got to do is uh, tab, uh, hit the tab, and you can go on there. Uh, my email is also on there, and so is my phone number. I dare you to call me. Ooh, braver than me. Call me. I ain't going to do that shit. Yeah, I can take it off after a while. But my number's call on there. Me. Nigga, you got knocked out. Click. Dude, you know, I was just going to say this, and we'll end on this if you want me to, but uh, the 5150, I was reading an article, and then it said something on the article about uh, how you slowed down your touring after this, after that that happened. I did? That's what it said. I was like, how can you get that so far? All you have to do is go to your dates. You tour no. more than anyone else I know, no. and they tried to make some more bullshit. No. Bullshit's bullshit. Leave all the bullshit. Oh. 2017. There it is. Moving forward. Talk to you later.